<laughs> I, I say it this way. I think that the best sermons ever preached in our North American churches are by people who will never, ever be heard of. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carbon Day Podcast, episode 76 coming at you. Tonight I am flying without my co-pilot, which means we could crash. Jesse is uh, working a lot and uh, transitioning jobs and uh, he's exhausted. But never fear, we'll land this plane because we have... The stewardess is here. (laughs) (laughs) Pops Gruber's here, Pops Gruber's here. The one and only, the infamous John Gruber. Hey, everybody in Carpe Fide land. It's great to be here tonight. So famous. He's in famous. Mm. (laughs) True that. True that. That's the three amigos for those of you paying attention and keeping score at home. (laughs) That is not a Star Wars reference, but I just did do a Star Wars reference. You did. So does that count as a Star Wars reference? Did you do a Star Wars reference? I just mentioned Star Wars as a reference. No, that doesn't count as oh, a Star Wars Oh, it doesn't count. Okay. Unless you use the line from the uh, assorted, uh, assorted pop culture film book issue. It's not actually a reference. Like if I you said, can't reference the thing. If I said, Justin, I am your father. That's a Star Wars reference. That would be a Star So now we've referenced Star Wars, so that's out of the way. Yeah, that's correct. Whew. Okay, good. I was worried about that. <laughs> well, tonight uh, we're going to take a six-hour podcast, and we are going to uh, address the issues uh, with the the church structure, and, and uh, <laughs> we're going to solve the problems. Uh, so welcome to uh, episode 76, where you're going to have to fix the generations of the church, and uh, we're going to give you a biblical format for that, like I said, about six hours. And uh, you'll be able to take this home to your church, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. We're all going to come back and conform to the scriptures. It's going to be awesome. Wow. Well, that would be a all right. Okay, you put the pressure <laughs> on me. Woo. All right. Uh, so the background is we've been talking through in our men's group. We've basically been going through our our uh, our covenant documents at our church, just outlining church structure. But what. Um, what Pops did is he took a deep dive and really started breaking it out um, into a, a, a format that is pretty much a booklet now that's, uh, that's highlighting um, how the church is supposed to be the church in its church structure from, from God's word. So we're going to take a look at that, but we're going to do it you know, via some narrative, and then you know, we're, we're going to hit it hard, and, and we're going we're gonna to the, we're gonna dig down to the bone here. We've got we to gotta go down to the foundation and really reset the, set the foundation on top of God's word again. And uh, so I think to start it out, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I'm interviewing my father, uh, which usually means I find I find things out that I didn't always know. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Uh, so how about in order to start at what, what are some church church structures that you went through in your life? Uh, some you know whether it be a different denomination um, or or just a, a maybe maybe just a unique church layout that you've been in uh, and functioned in, whether as a congregant or you know maybe just a. As a little baby, as a little baby pops. Okay, well, let's see. I came to know the Lord when I was 13 years old, and um, it was a, basically, I guess looking back, it was a church plant from Michigan uh, that a pastor came and started a church, and um, uh, we had friends of the family invite us to church, and my mom and dad weren't all that 
churchy, but they they appreciated it. They would drop me off at, at the Methodist church in town and pick me up after Sunday school, and that was uh, that was kind of church for for me early on. A Michigander so, said, "Hey, we really need to evangelize that that New Jersey." Yeah, place. <laughs> that, they they need some help. They need some help. Well, New Michigan Jersey's is a godless place. A, that that extended northern land of the Bible Belt, so you know it kind of falls in there. It's the Bible Belt. It's the maybe the the buckle at the top of the belt. I don't know. Anyway, oh, so, I, I thought it was the head of the chef. Uh, oh, is that Michigan? No, the it chef. Does look like yeah. The, the middle of the Bible looks like yeah, a chef. It does look like a chef. This handout in Tennessee is yes, the plate. That's right. Hmm. <laughs> chef Lansing. Anyway, Michigan. Um, I'm yeah, glad he came so, here to so he came from Michigan. Uh, um, you know, in my younger days, we you know church was drop off get picked up in plenty school um pastor comes in from michigan starts a church and it is an independent fundamental bible believing church okay which was slightly different than the methodist church that we went to so it was new exciting and i, I, I it, it was very fundamentally sound and and i i was convicted that i needed to do something with uh, my belief in jesus christ I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, um, and uh, that was when I had I I had my salvation secured in him um, in that church. So that so from that point on, okay, there we go. We stayed we stayed at that church. Um, it was uh, like I say, uh, we got the fundamentals uh, every week, um, and it was a it was that hellfire and brimstone type of preaching okay which i was thankful for looking back um because the fundamentals of the scriptures were presented which was good so it gave me a little bit of foundation to work on now um you know they say in america an american adult has about 12 uh jobs in their life that they do you know that's how many times you change and i think that in southern new jersey you have about 12 churches in the first decade of your, of your, <laughs> um, you know, of your of your new birth, <laughs> okay? Because it seems like there is this shuffling that takes place, and it's not not so much maybe a lot of new believers in South Jersey, but there's a whole bunch of like you know, you go here for a while, then you go there for a while. We we kind of we kind of observed that um, church hopping, church hopping, yes. So it is um, a consumer product, after all. It, you know, have to it, decide it, it, which it one has, you like. It has that flavor of you know, and we'll we'll talk about that. A little oh little yeah, bit, okay. So um, so we uh, we moved to another church again uh, of that that sound doctrine, fundamental Bible believing, independent. Those were the three things that really kind of um, were the criteria for why we would go to a different church. Okay. Now the reasons for leaving were. <laughs> maybe anything but biblical sometimes, but I was a kid and I was still growing up and teenager and we kind of followed where my mom and dad went because they had the keys to the car after all, so we made the best of it. Did um, these churches have like a similar structure to them? Uh, similar, they, like, pastors I, leading yes, the churches? They, like, they, pastor they, all had, they all had the same model. There was a lead or head pastor and there was a group of men that made up the deacon board that um, basically echoed what the pastor wanted, um, and that's what that's what kind of drove the direction of the church. So a bunch of guys with a rubber stamp. Um, y- yes, but with <laughs> that took with, the offering, <laughs> but with deep respect and 
and perceived wisdom of the congregation. Okay. In other words... Esteemed men. In other words, hey, uh, yeah, that's where we're going. Okay, you guys look like you're smart, and uh, he looks like he's really in charge, so here we go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so, so, and, and so that was the pattern. Um, God um, put us in a church that was a little different, and it was a little different structurally. Um, it, it, it was... Uh, uh, again, a new uh, a newer church that was maybe I think maybe four years old when we started to go there. So there was a lot of excitement, um, and uh, we we uh, we needed it. It was a it was a fresh break from a lot of the um, legalistic things that happen in a lot of churches. Uh, we uh, we often referred to ourselves as recovering legalists uh, at that church. Uh, when you say legalist, what um, we're meaning is people that are um, defining their their spirituality through a criteria of behaviors, that there is a more or less spiritual person depending on whether or not they ascribe to uh, the correct behaviors, like not listening to rock music and not getting a tattoo and not smoking. Those are the, those yeah, are legalistic structures. That right? would that would be it. But but also there's a subtleness to to it as well. Um, for instance, um, if you were a a longtime businessman in the community, um, that had a spiritual aspect to it too. Because if you were a businessman, you knew how to deal with money, and that's a good thing in the church, right? So therefore, you should be a deacon because you know how the world works and you've navigated through it. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're a good church leader. So that's kind of like a, an interesting, that's an interesting connection to, to legalism. It's still a non, an extra biblical kind of structure mm-hmm. to the church where we're adding in this kind of structure piece. Like, oh, you, you, you are, <laughs> you're Donald Trump. You're good at leading a business. So we'll put you in charge of the spiritual care of souls. Wait, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's think that through. Let's see what the scriptures say about that. That's, that's kind of, and that's that's kind of what. That, that so at that. Sorry, right, I see that. that. Yeah, I that, get that. At that time, uh, the church went through a transition. Of can I say transition? I mean, that has a lot of crazy connotations now. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, oh boy! I got one of the. Oh. Did you say a transition? Tra- no, no, okay. no, no. I did not say oh, that. No, no, no. no. Uh, okay, so sorry. Um, so we were looking at church structure and uh, the ideal of an elder oversight um, uh, of the church is as a more biblical model and more sound ecclesiologically. It's a study of the church, by the way. Um, than a. Uh, single pastor with a deacon board. We don't see that structure in Scripture. So we, we kind of aligned with uh, the, the Scriptures in, in having uh, elders. And I remember the church teaching through what an elder was, the different words for it, episkopos, uh, presbyteron, poimain, uh, all, all, all of those things that described what an elder was, the title, the office, and how it should be done. So that kind of set us on a different track as far as the church structure and leadership went. Uh, it wasn't without difficulties, um, and you transition from traditional things to things that are biblical. Sometimes it takes a little time and effort. So that's where I had my understanding of what traditionally in our area was a church structure versus um, what a biblical model could look like from 
the scriptures. So it was it was very instrumental in my understanding of how churches function, uh, of what the pillars of the church should be, uh, and um, challenged our traditional understanding, even from a congregant point of view, because because I was not an elder. Um, I was fascinated with the ramifications of the scriptures being applied to that type of church structure. So that's a brief, a brief history. So one of the interesting things coming into, so I, I fit into like the second, I guess like the third church. No, I guess that second and then the third and then the, the most recent church <laughs> that you just described right. um, in my life. And, I still think even in as as the the script the grappling with the scriptures there was still an aspect to the congregant led model which was actually uh which is actually an incredibly um robust american model actually the idea of a congregant led church um which is also still <clears throat> not biblical but there's still aspects of that even even as you guys sought through the scriptures to establish a more biblical plurality of elder structure, there was still the idea of a quorum and voting, and uh, that was also an interesting dynamic. Yeah, so we did have this hybrid type of... Um, I think Robert's Rules were involved. Well, I never... <laughs> I'm not a big Robert's Rules guy. I, I, for those who are really disciplined and organized and think you can't live without them... Trust me, you can. Yeah. Um, uh, nor, nor was so, Robert an apostle, by the way. Yeah, PTW. I I, I, yeah. That, I remember one like you point know, of one order. Of our, point of order. Point of order. Around a, one of our annual meetings, somebody mentioned the Roberts rules, and I, I think I laughed out loud. <laughs> like, wait a minute. How about if we use the scriptures? How about if we prefer one another? How about if we speak the truth in love? I think these are things found in the Bible that I think we can help. We can hang our hat on those hooks. I, I think that's fine. Uh, yeah. Anyway. The apostle Robert. Excuse me, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> comrade how <laughs> point of order comrade <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah that catches us up i guess kind of giving an idea of, of the flavor because one of the things and it's taken us uh geez we're at what nine coming up nine we're coming up on ten i think we're at, we're, in our, we're in our ninth year i always get confused i think is november our ninth are you talking year? about hold is miss day, day church i think we're coming up on our ninth year anniversary it's been a it's been a hard a long road to hoe to kind of try to absorb ourselves into a a much more fully biblical model um but i really think i really feel like the past you know two years has really seen a lot of fruit um in in people's lives and in the kind of people that actually are trying to want to come and start engaging Uh, it's definitely been a totally different (laughs) i'm just saying if you need to thin out the herd Look at what. Take a listen to this podcast. Do what the scriptures say. And kind of, follow yeah, them. exactly. Just start start it's, trying to implement what the scripture says. And be like, huh? Hmm. Yeah, the chaff. Hmm. We're separating off the chaff. It's like sifting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so seg- it's a perfect segue. Segueing then into kind of where you're seeing where you see the the Bible call the church to be at as you've journeyed through some some different what we could say some that are significantly less biblical structures of church and, and then, you know, a more biblical structure of church down to maybe the, the structure of church that Missio Dei has. Um, what, what do you see God's word calling the, the church structure to be? How is the church in, in God's word? Maybe how are we failing God's word in how we treat church, uh, today in, in the West? 
Well, I think that it, this is and this is coming from my perspective as a. I, I guess I'm cantankerous. I'm, well, I'm, I'm old and cantankerous now, but I, I wasn't always old. Um, but uh, I'm, that's the quote of the day. I, I wasn't always old. <laughs> all right, all right. Cantankerous, yes, old. I was young and cantankerous, but I don't. All right, so. Let me just let me just throw out some things that are that have been in my life that I've observed firsthand. Okay, um, when when you start a church, like we started Miss You Day, you have one chance to get it right. Right now, there's repentance all along the way, but when you start a church, it is a great time to look at what the scriptures say, and if you're going to look at what a church is. I would think you would go back to the beginning. Yeah, right? I mean, that makes sense to me. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it's, it? Uh, the, the, like referencing Princess Bride. <laughs> yes. You yes. told me to go back to the beginning. This so is I the have. Beginning. This is where I am. This is, this is where I will stay. This is where I got the job. This, this is the beginning. So, this is the beginning. so, um, um, so when, where's the beginning? Where's so, the beginning of the church? I guess that my first question, though, is when you say when you're going to start a church, uh, I, would, I would discourage anyone from starting a church First, identify whether or not you're called to be starting a church. There's a, what is God calling your life? Is he calling others? Uh, what does this look like? Uh, the, the call needs to be evaluated. I think it's important to bring people in. Uh, I remember doing that. Uh, we, I mean, literally, there's, we had um, nine people on what we, were, what we called a launch team at the time, for lack of a biblical phrase for establishing the call. Uh, to, to plant a church and and a lot of those men were instrumental in helping us begin the church but there's seven of them gone is, is six of them mm-hmm. gone it's very interesting um and they're not that they're gone they're they're still living you know christian lives in other churches it's just that they weren't they weren't necessarily leaving a church they were evaluating the call and helping to establish church it was very mm-hmm. interesting that part was very i thought incredibly uh, much more spiritual than I thought it would be <laughs> when I look back on it. Yeah, not matter of fact, there was a lot of lot of things that we needed to consider in our own hearts and lives. And yeah, listen to others uh, and their observations and things like that was very very helpful. Yeah, uh, and in doing that, and and, and the process was yeah. <laughs> in doing that, we 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 did what you're about to say. I think so. We, we evaluated mm-hmm. going back to the beginning. What is? <laughs> what, where do we go for that? I think we should go for. Uh, I think if you go to Hammurabi's Code, that's really old, mm. right? We should go to Hammurabi's mm. Code, maybe, and find out. Yeah. St. Francis of Assisi. Did Saint he have Fran- anything to say about it? He seems yeah. to be quoted a lot behind the pulpit from certain people. He um, gets quoted. He know. gets attributed that that one mm. quote where you know speak, uh, speak the always speak the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. And I'm yeah. like, how do I, you? You can't preach the gospel without words. You. you, you I, I didn't know that that was in any of his writings, actually. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think it's been discovered yet. Anyway, but that's the, you know. So it's attributed if we, to him. <laughs> if we were going to go back to the beginning, you know, you went back to the beginning of Missio Day Church, which is which is good. And, and, and I mentioned the fact that if you're going to start a church, you better get it right, right? You better mm-hmm. find out. You better know what you're doing. So where do we go? Where do believers go to find out what in the world the first church was like? Where do I, we go? I would say we should go to Acts Probably. of the Apostles, where... 
where Christ established mm-hmm. his his church. I would think that would be a great place. If you're oh, going to go to yes, Acts, I got it right. Um, you would go to Acts 20, right? That's the first church there, right? No, that's way too no, far. No, 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 no. Chop no, off that zero, maybe. Uh, let's see. Oh, Acts seven. Didn't they have deacons in the church at Jerusalem? That's that's the first yeah, the, instance well, they, that the church was to, mentioned. Right? Yeah, they had to get them set up because the yeah. widows were. Oh wait, so. Th- Oh, wait, they had to exist before that, right? Yeah, because how do you set up deacons without having a, some sort of structure? Well, so, wait, we you're saying the church go, didn't start with deacons? We would have to go all the way back to Acts chapter 2 then, right? To find out how the first believers, after Christ ascends into heaven, and the Holy Spirit is sent to Jerusalem. Okay, I'm with right? you. Right? Okay. Yeah. And then all of these believers, you know, turn they, they turn away from their their... Their, you know, traditional beliefs, and they they put their faith and trust and belief in this Jesus Christ as their Messiah, right? Yeah, I, I think I, they, I think that's what happened. <laughs> and they and they live happily ever after. End yeah. of the story. No, what God what God does is He ushers in this new this new family, this new flock, this new body. Right? Are you sure? Now wait. Are you? Do you feel like you can be definitively sure that Rick Warren didn't start the? Uh... No, 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 no. That's the American Church. We're, we're we have to go back thousands of years. Oh, now. okay. I'm pretty sure this Rick... is the first church. It wasn't. No, no, no. I'm pretty yeah. sure Rick he Warren was the, he was started the, the church. And no, he didn't start start the church in it, Jerusalem. It, it, well, I mean. Not really, okay. But in his okay. his mind, <laughs> his, it, it's yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I could. I just want to make sure his we're truth is that. his truth, and <laughs> the truth is the truth. So let's look at the truth. Okay. In Acts chapter two, toward the end of the chapter, end of that chapter, uh, we see how the church functioned. We see all these. And you think about it. All right, Christ Christ ascends. People see him ascend into heaven. What a wonderful thing! He gives these things. Hey, listen, go and, and you know. Um, go and make disciples, right? right. Make and, disciples, yep. And 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 baptize them and teach them, and you know you're doing all this stuff, right? Okay? Yeah, yep. Preach but, the word, make disciples, and, and, and I'm going to send you a friend, right? And the friend comes, the, the helper comes, the helper, the, the yes. one alongside of us comes. The Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost, right? right? Yep. Okay? Dwelt by the Spirit of God, and, and and people see that and respond to it. Now there's thousands of believers in Jerusalem. So what do they do? They, what do they do? They're there for the feast, right? What feast are they there for? I'm pretty remember? sure what the first thing feast they did was they, right? they probably they, they immediately cut several worship albums to start generating revenue for the church. No, Is what that they, what they No, they did not do that. I'm gonna tell you what they did. Oh, they got the most special men they could find that responded to the Messiah and they sent them to Bible school. <laughs> they sent them to seminary. And then four years later, they said, No, 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 no. In order for me to respect you, you got to go to. You got to have a master's. You yes, got to have an you MDiv. That's right, MDiv, THM. And yep. then you're going to know how to do church. And then I'm going to follow you as you tell me how to do church. So basically, they said, wow. what, if you get your if you get your THM, then we'll know mm-hmm. that you are called to be a pastor. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Now, some of them didn't follow that. Some of them said, oh, no, 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 you don't need an MDiv, but you better be associated with that group of people or that organization because uh-huh. those people are solid. And if we get somebody from that group to come into our church, I'm following them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 2. For okay, a let's bit, do that. Okay, let's, that sounds all better. tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff because <laughs> that's, where, that's, where that's where a lot of us are. Um. We see one thing repeated in Acts 2 um, toward the end of the chapter. They had everything in common. 
Now, if you think about the early believers, right, what did they give up to follow Jesus Christ, the true Messiah? What were some things that the early Jews had to give up? Think about when they worshipped. What day did they take off to worship? They took off the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day, right? Nobody works on the Sabbath day. That's a Jewish thing, right? Right. Hmm. Okay. So, Jesus rose on a Sunday. Yeah, the first and, day of the week. Traditionally, we see we see where they they were worshiping on the, the believers were worshiping on a Sunday. So Sunday became the first day of the week became a very important day for believers, right? So, so they here, gave up two days. Well, no, that's I, I don't think so. But you know what did they do with their time? Look at look at look at Acts chapter two. What they did with their time is they they were around each other. All the time. All the time. They they ate meals together. So when it says they had all things in common, it wasn't so much like a like a commune as much as it was they they shared all of life with right. each other. That's what the scriptures are saying. That's that's what we see. They 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 visited each other. They took meals to each other. Now now their culture was a lot different than ours, okay? Jerusalem city, you know close you know they didn't have cars to drive here and there and they they weren't regional by any means in in that regard they had they had the ability to be in contact in close contact a little easier okay but the point is is that there's a commonality that they shared and i don't think we capture that at least not in the american church canadian church if you want to go that far um you know north american church um you know the European church, we, 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 we share niceties together, right. right? We're nice to each other, the 11th commandment, as, uh, as Vody would say. But, you know, um, but the, the, the sharing of life in the nitty-gritty is not part of the fabric of most churches I know of. Well, you know, I, I think it's hard to do that because when I come to church, I expect you know, a lot of people, and then I can kind of hide. I don't really necessarily want mm. them to know me. Right, right. Because if they know me, they might, like, ask questions um, that I don't really want to answer. Right. And and stuff. Get out of my face. Let me worship Jesus. Right? Right. Like, I can worship Jesus all on my own. I don't. Uh, exactly. I don't really need a bunch of people, like, I don't know, trying to ask me about, like, sin or my my growth spiritually or, or challenge me to like not do something that I like to do, you know, like, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so, but that's not so with the, with the early church. In fact, let me, you know, we talk about Acts two. Let me, let me read it for you. All right. And let's see if we can pick up some of the tones of, of what, what, what they were actually experiencing as the first church is birthed basically in Jerusalem. And how different the, the, the redemptive work of Christ was in those Jews in Jerusalem. How different it was for them. And, and keep in mind, they gave up a lot, okay? Because as far as I know historically, Jesus Christ wasn't looked on as very receptive by the Jews, mm. okay? So you have these you know, what we think is a big, big number of thousands of Jews come to know Christ, right? Right. But in essence, in Judaism at the time, they're alone. It's just them. So let's see how this redemptive work actually plays out. 
Acts 2, verse uh, 42 says this. They were, I'm reading out of the NASB, the North American Special Bible. Uh, <laughs> and it says, NASB says this. Um, they were continually voting, uh, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. All nice things, and we do that in church, right? We we fellowship, break break bed, bread, break bed, pray, yep. we pray, right? Okay. Now listen, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. I could stop right there. When's the last time most of us went to church and we sensed awe? Um, you know, well, we a little heart check there. I went to a church yeah. just recently, and I was like, oh, not oh, no. like oh, like. <laughs> Sort of a back of the throat, back of the throat. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, so, and many wonders and signs were taking place through through the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having their favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Okay, so there's a lot in here that that is not not church for us right now. What I just read was the first church and how they functioned on a daily basis, right? Would you yeah. agree with that? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what you just read. That is the right. that is the the church. The Spirit comes down. He empowers the apostles to preach the gospel um, at the as as the the feast of tabernacles is going on. Everyone's gathered. The Jews are gathered to uh, Jerusalem, right? The feast right. the feast of right. of booths is happening. Where is where is corporate worship in that in that passage? In other words, we take a Sunday morning, or in our case, Sunday afternoon, um, and and we devote we devote time to come to church to hear the word, to sing, to fill in the blank. Right? Where is that corporate worship style in that passage I just read? Well, it seems like their corporate worship was happening uh, continually. Like they were kind of gathering, I believe is what it said, they were gathering mm-hmm. daily right, uh, to meet and break bread together. So it seems like they were sharing meals mm-hmm. uh, together, which, which would have been you know very common in the evening. Um, and yeah, it, it does. It doesn't seem. It seems right. that while they may very well have had a larger corporate gathering, maybe more than more people, it seems like they were certainly spending a lot of time in small gatherings consistently all the time. Mm-hmm. Right now, now that you could see where they, um, you know, they they were at the temple. Now the temple was a a busy place for them. Okay, so they were still going there, but they're going there with a different purpose now. They were worshiping the true Messiah. So that could have been a gathering place too. But, but my point is this. That we we don't we check out when we go to church in 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 what it should be, and we just accept what it is. And when we start started Missio Day, we actually looked at what it was, and the components that made up the functioning church as God brought about this wonderful thing we call His body. 
So, so Acts chapter two kind of lays a lays a format for us that is much different than our traditional church experience. Yeah, well, I feel like it's going to be hard for anybody to you know attain enough wealth to buy a Learjet if we you know follow this model in Acts two. It doesn't seem you know conducive to getting any sort of you know uh, major syndicated um, talk shows or or publications done. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work out. Yeah. Now, I sound like I'm a cantankerous old man, and when it comes to the, when it comes to the defense of the church and what it should be, I am okay. I can come off that way, but I just want to challenge us as we think about the traditional models of church, um, how far off they are from what we see in the scriptures. So, so that's kind of the that's kind of the early church as its birth, right? Yeah, and and we see how they're functioning, and it's not quite like we do it now. So, so maybe we can look at how the churches in those in those early, you know, time frames of the scriptures were actually structured. What was the structures that they had in in, in leadership roles? What did they look like? What were they supposed to be? Um, and and what worked? Um, and and why did it work? Well, we know they had the apostles, right? Because they were right. they were preaching. Mm-hmm. They were preaching the gospel, right? Um, and and the apostles, because they were so special, were going to live forever and and be able to lead the church all over the world because they're going to live forever, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Peter's line has carried on all the way down to um, Pope loves the earth. What is his name now? I forget his name. Pope uh, Francis. Um, Pope yes. Francis. Right. <laughs> Pope loves the earth. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Some tree hugger. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know. I like no trees. offense, guys. No offense. I like trees. I like no offense, trees. but he's a little soft on some things and not not soft enough, not hard enough on the. I don't know if he knows what the word says. Let's but. not let, let's let's <laughs> sorry, bring, sorry, let's bring it sorry. back to the true believers. You got the me all off here. You said, you said these apostles sorry. were going to live forever, and well, I'm like, yeah, my well, my point I mean. is that they weren't going to live forever. So what happens oh, okay. to the church structure after they're gone? I right, see. it's see. almost like God had a plan because He knew, you know, the apostles were going to be off the scene at some point. So, how's the church going to function and stay stay on focus, stay in a healthy environment where people are going to grow in Christ and come to know Him and and do all the things that we're called to do in the Scriptures? How's that work? What's the structure supposed to look like? So, as we were setting up Missio Day Church, we looked at the church structure. We 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 looked at what the scriptures say. So, we were hard pressed to find a model that said that one person pastored a church and had no other um, leadership around them other than this office called deacon that most churches have that made a deacon board. We didn't see that structure. That's not a, that's not a structure we see in Scripture. Now, is it permissible? I guess it is. But if we were going to do church correctly, wouldn't we kind of look at the pattern that worked for the early church that was actually um, fostered by Paul and Peter that actually have the scriptures speak into how it should be done? Like, shouldn't we do it that way? So, so, so basically at Mencia Day Church, the question became, what does God, what does God want his church to be? And if God wants his church to be something, we should be that, more or less. Right. 
we we would want to we would want to mimic that. We would want to follow that. We want we would want to investigate that, right? We yeah. would want to figure out how that how that how that how does that work? Um, so so our our structure fell into this this scenario. Okay, as we look at the scriptures, we see Paul in Acts twenty um, calling the elders plural of the church singular together. They have a prayer meeting. He sails off. Remember that. Okay, so we see yeah, that there is this leadership in that in, in that passage, um, and and it's not just one guy and a deacon board. It's in it's, that in that passage. It was it was evaluating the call to the Gentiles. Correct. That was um, Acts twenty. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Acts twenty is where they actually were deciding what is the what was the appropriate uh, that Paul and Barnabas were saying. Hey, no, the Gentiles they're they're getting saved. Like the gospel's coming to the Gentiles. Yeah. Right. And they were like, "Well, what do we do with that? Like, they're not Jews, so do they need the law? Do they need to do they need to establish themselves in that way?" Um, yes. So, in Acts chapter twenty, verse seventeen. In Acts chapter twenty, excuse, excuse me, I'm not as skilled with the microphone. I get excited when I get the scripture. I <laughs> so start excited talking. with the Bible. Where's so the microphone? Exciting. Oh, it's over there. I'll yell at her. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called him uh, and called to him the elders, plural of the church, singular. And when they had come to him, he had said to them, and then and then he goes on to you know uh, tell them you know what you were saying. All right, so, so plural elders, one church. Right. Okay, right. So we so we see that. Wait, what's this elder thing? Where's the head pastor there? Where's the deacon board? I don't see it. I'm getting a little nervous here. <laughs> okay, so what we what I'm we very did was we looked, we looked at the structure. First Timothy three and Titus. We see how how um, how elders were set up in the early church. They were they were. Uh, considered the under shepherds. Okay, we see we see words like episcopos surrounding them and and presbyteron and 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 how they're supposed to do it. They're supposed to do it like a poimen, like like a shepherd. And and we put these pieces together and we say, wow, this is the leadership of the church. These are the men that are qualified. Here's the qualifications in First Timothy three and Titus. He goes around. Where is he? He's on the island of Crete. What's he doing? He's looking for Bible students. Right? He's looking for MDiv students. You graduated. Come here. I got a church that was planted, you know, like can five I months see? ago. I need you to lead it. Can no. I see your doctoral paper, please? Yeah. I just need to see your paperwork. No, that's not the early church. The early church is God redeeming people and God changing them and giving them giving them new hearts and giving them understanding into the true Messiah and all of the Word of God and what they did was they didn't hire people. They didn't seek people outside of the regions. They set up the leadership of the churches from the godly men that qualified, okay? And that is who led the early churches in, in, in the Mediterranean. That was the structure. Godly men who were qualified were raised up in the church to lead the church. Wow, mind blown. I didn't go to Bible school. Wow. I could still lead a church? No way. Come on, you're pulling my leg. Really? You better watch out with your heresy. Ooh, that's crazy. I do apologize. I was thinking of Acts 15, where Acts 15, 6 says, the apostles and elders were gathered together to consider the matter. That's uh, the okay. I was All right. thinking of. All I right. apologize. 
Okay, Paul, 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 I, I didn't read the, the filler stuff in there. I so, was assuming I, you were I mean, right. I'm that just saying, Acts 15, was, 15, 22 is, you know, yeah. then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders right. with the whole church. Okay. So it's it's definitely apostles and elders and, and the church. Yeah, Paul Paul's admonishing, not admonishing, Paul's instructing, Paul is instructing. Oh, there you go with the microphone again. Yeah, this is Paul, the part that records yeah, right that, here, this, this thing. thing. All right. <laughs> it looks like an ice cream cone. I can get into that. Just talking into the okay. ether like everybody can hear. Yeah, that's oh, great. So, so Paul's instructing these these elders of how you know what to look for, look out, look out for. Hey, wolves are going to come. You know, be on guard. So he's giving these instructions, and then he kneels down and he prays, and Paul seals off. But, but that that's that's just a one instance of elders, that elder structure in the in the in the New Testament. So when we were looking at Missio Day, we, we said we want that structure. We want we want to understand what that looks like. So what did we do? Started calling all the Bible colleges that we knew that were good Bible colleges, saying, "Hey, send some people our way." Is that what we did? Well, that's not the model. Like we saw. some candidates to evaluate. Okay. Do you have any candidates? Yeah, send us some candidates. Your no, do- only your doctoral work. candidates, yeah. please. Fact, how, just let us know how much money they want because we don't have any money. So that might <laughs> that might narrow it down right there. Okay. Are any of them so, willing to work for crumbs <laughs> or less? <laughs> we can give them free bagels. So. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, so that's what we that, that that's where we wanted to start. Now, that is a far, far cry from most of our North American church experiences, right? Um, and we had this chance to kind of do it right from the get-go. Now, it's been hard, but we didn't go out and hire our, well, I, I, I say it this way as the old cantankerous guy, we didn't go out and hire our holiness. Hmm. I believe God raises up godly men in churches that have an environment, and they have the, um, uh, they get their they get their uh, one anothering correct. They t- they take the life of a redeemed man and they put him in an environment where they can grow inside the church, and the church should be the perfect chrysalis for that. That that a man, godly man can emerge and be a leader of his church is an amazing thing, and it's this God thing. All right. In First Timothy three, we see you know if a man aspires to the office of an overseer, he desires a good work. And that word "desires" is the same thing as lust. I mean, he, you, you that that you have this thing that you can't be anything else. That's what I want to do. I want to lead a church. I see God's goodness in it. I want to be the man of God. I need to be to do that. You know that that comes from God. So we see that's how God is building His church. But I just, and again, I want to challenge our understanding of church leadership. That's not to say if you're listening and you have a pastoral structure and a, and a board of deacons, that's not to say those guys are not godly. And that's not to say that God can't use that. But what it does is it sets up a congregation to understand that only a few, only an elite person with the right education or credentials can actually lead a church oh i i can teach sunday school but i can't make the decisions of a church i'll stay where i am you see it's kind of that mindset of there's certain things you can do but god has a different purpose do you think the? do you think the (laughs) kind of like when a pastor starts out we're like you know what you should do you know what you should probably you should probably just teach the kids and we'll see how that goes. And then maybe if you if you do that well, we'll let you teach the teens. 
and and if you teach the teens well, we skip the 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 people that are like you know still still moving, and we say now you can teach the seniors, and by seniors we mean the you know the the the, the gray hairs. You can teach the, the older, the and then old if you do that people. well, then you can teach. Then maybe you can teach the main, yeah. the main. But you have to wait for the other pastors to retire, and then once they get out of the way, then you can fill their their role. Yeah. Do we is it? Do we set the church up to be kind of like the World Economic Forum, where we have a we have a mm. a board of global elites, the the really smart and affluent people, they're mm. the ones that make decisions for the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we can. I think <laughs> I, I say it this way. I think that the best sermons ever preached in our North American churches are by people who will never, ever be heard of. I think the mm-hmm. pastors that that are are unseen and unpopular and just not in the mainstream. I think there are some really, really powerful messages spoken. But we we kind of glance over that and. Uh, and go for the go for the ones that are in the spotlight. But anyway, that's a, that's another side note. I just wanted to kind of challenge us to 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 look at the church structures that we have and to be encouraged. Okay, if God can use a person um, from from a grassroots salvation and grow grow them in wisdom and knowledge, that that should be the expectation for a, a church congregation. I think, and especially if you go to a larger church, I think it is, I'll say this in a very pragmatic and dogmatic way, I think it is wrong to hire from without because what it does is it actually is an um, admission that we don't develop church leaders. We don't seek from within the men of God, and we don't even expect them that they could do that. That's not what we see in the scriptures. If that were the case, Titus would never have been on the island of Crete. He would have been back in Jerusalem trying to trying to uh, put peace together, some leadership. Isn't it crazy? Because on top of that, you're telling all the men in your church that are trying to grow and mature, look, you're not good enough to lead the church. We're, I mean, we're glad. We're glad that you know you lead a small group and you're really you're 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 thriving in the word, and and people are following you, and that's great. But you're not you're not really you're not really qualified enough to actually be be an elder of the church. You know, we need to, they don't they we need to find that from somewhere else, or you can be an elder, but you can't teach the word because you have to you have to be a professional to do to do that. Yeah, even though even though you're qualified and you're apt to teach, and it's been proven by the congregation that you're you're a, a, a man who who can teach, um, and yeah, but you don't have the skill level. You never took a homiletics class, so therefore. You're probably not going to be behind the pulpit anytime soon. <laughs> so just stay among the commoners, and uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> commoners. <laughs> no, so I, again, I know I'm challenging, and I know I know I'm being a little abrasive. Uh, but someone told me to be aggressive tonight, and I didn't know what that meant. So I think this is this is about as aggressive as I'm going to get. Yeah, there's but, definitely. I do want, and I do want to say there's definitely a place for for that that learning, that next level. Um, I just think, uh, and and I, I we 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 love that we love we love to learn, um, but I think we've replaced the call uh, with the credentials, mm. and that, yeah, that's that's, that's the it. problem that the church is facing right now. And so we've got a lot of credentialed people uh, filling out filling out pulpits, and we shouldn't we shouldn't wonder when they cowtail to the government 
uh, because they weren't called, they were credentialed. Um, we shouldn't right. we shouldn't wonder when they they go soft in the face of of cultural ideologies because they weren't called, they were credentialed. Um, and and there's an important there's an important fact there. So I think just thus far in mm-hmm. our, our church, what we've got is we've got we've got the church meets together in a almost a familial state. Uh, a daily, they come together and they share yeah. life together. That's Acts two, correct? Right, and so now we've got a we've got this idea that there's a group of elders that leads a church. That there's a a structure where there's there's men called out to lead, mm-hmm. right? Right, and and then what happens when they don't have enough time to do right. <laughs> all, everything? Well, we see, yeah, and we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit. I was I was later in Acts, but we see in, we see in Acts where. That early church in Jerusalem, um, now that was governed by the apostles, right? Right. Okay, so they're still on the scene. Um, but what do they do? They, they say, we can't, you know, we can't, leave the, we can't leave the proclamation of the gospel to wait on tables. So we need some help. What right. do they do? Call up, the, call up the Bible Institute and get me some help. <laughs> Right? Do you have anyone that has a focus on, on ministerial organizational leadership yes. that could help us over here? We need someone that has um, – do you have anybody who has uh, established maybe some social service type of operations? We need some, some of those those types of workers. We got a band, but we just can't serve the people. <laughs> <Got a band>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other topic. But anyway, but, but yeah, so you kind of see that. What do they do? They turn around, and where do they look for help? They they don't look without they they you know they look within. What do they? What's the church do? What do these apostles say? They said, "Who who among you is is leading well and apt to serve? Who has the heart for serving the people?" Right. You see. You see what they do is go pick me these qualified men. These men who love love the messiah who who have grown and have proven themselves to be good servants of the messiah i keep using the words messiah to give it a jewish flavor because that's what this is this is a jewish church a jewish group of believers okay so we see you know and that's exactly what they do they pick these men and what do they become they become servants all right they become become, (laughs) they become they become the first deacons, is what we would call them, the diaconoia. The, you know, so so that this is an established position that there are godly people who have been serving, who need to be recognized, and they need to be put in a place where they are going to meet the needs of other congregants. So we see an, another level of church structure in the deacons. Now, do we see deacons in Scripture governing or steering the church in the spiritual matters no thank you okay oh. no we don't well, i thought you were asking. we don't no we don't well everyone that's listening can't you know. he, they can't right. answer you in a way that you can hear so. that's true that's true it's, well, thought, you were the voice of millions just then just, maybe billions probably, by now this is probably feet, i keep forgetting probably billions probably billions honest. you know maybe multiple billions Billions and billions, as Carl Sagan would say. Anyway, billions uh, whoa, of I think I just ago. dated myself. Anyway, so we see these two offices: the the office of elder as uh, as basically the under shepherd of Jesus Christ, who is the good shepherd over his flock. We see these under shepherds as elders, but they also uh, we see a structure of of godly people 
raising up and being servants that get stuff, get the stuff done. Um, so I that would a say that there is an aspect of them leading in service. So I would say there's yes. definitely um, there's definitely the administration of service that they have. They have some oversight over because we what we see even from Acts two is that the, the church, the entire church, is serving. They're all serving, but there's definitely more of an organizational administration mm-hmm. for these people that are then overseeing this service, right? Which is which is very also very interesting. Yeah, so so basically that's where we get our church structure from. We have we have a plurality of elders who are under shepherds. We are under Christ. If he didn't say do it, don't do it. Amen. Okay, now he gives us latitudes and how and in, in in how we can do things, but um, you know we don't stray we don't stray from out under the wing of the shepherd. We don't do that. We're his under shepherds. We um, we have a style of shepherding that is different than most people would, in the Western world would understand that. And I'll briefly say, there's two types of shepherds in the world. There's an Eastern shepherd and a Western shepherd, and Jesus came from the format of a of an eastern shepherd right and and we see western shepherds where by and large we see uh you know herds of cattle driven from one town to the next in his in our western history right uh we see um you know the nice uh, green fields of uh of um uh, of, of europe and and they herd their sheep they have sheep dogs they drive their sheep here and they drive their sheep there right and that's a good way to move a herd. But that's not the church. An eastern shepherd's going to lead their flock, right? And that's why Jesus can say, um, you know, I know my sheep. My sheep know me. My sheep hear my voice. They know me, right? And, and that's because the good shepherd leads his flock. That's the eastern style of shepherd. And that's what we have to understand, too. And that's how we, as elders, are supposed to lead. Um, we're not driving them. And uh, I've had some church... Church, uh, you know, churches in my past where an elder or a deacon board and a and a main pastor would drive the church. We are going here. All right. Well. Okay. All right. Well, it's uh, easier to know, dr- so. it's, an e- it's easier it's, to drive. It's it, easier. It, it's, it's, it is because you have a direction that you know you're going. But but we're following Christ here, so we need we need to be on the same page as the flock, right? Well, on top of that, so, it's, you can you can lead from. You can lead from uh, fear or prosperity, or you can you can drive people based on these things, um, and that's different than having to step up and lead them, right? With right. the gospel, there's a difference there. And, and when I say on the same page as your flock, I don't I don't mean that that um, it's a congregational led right. type. The, of you thing. don't mean the whim of the flock, right? The flock no, it's not. It's, and, and it's not. You know, it's not a popular vote because some of the things a shepherd has to do. He, some some shepherds are not popular. <laughs> so you read Psalm twenty three. Where where did the shepherd take the flock? Through the valley, the of valley the shadow of, of the death. shadow of death. That is not. A, there's not a sheep in the world that wants to do that. But you don't have to fear because right. the shepherd was leading. That's right. So we follow Christ. We have to understand our flocks, right? What they're capable of, what what they need, right? How do we get them to a green pasture? So there's a lot of lot of shepherding principles that an elder needs to understand, um, and that that comes from studying the Word of God and what an elder should be. 
So, um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of our, our church structure. That and, and it's challenging because, you know, some of you might be out there and listening, and you may say, well, I don't have that church structure. What do I do? I see what you're saying. Um, and that's okay. I think I think immediately right off the bat when I see it when I hear a, a, a comment like that, like I the the initial the initial response is certainly not to run run from a church that you are growing in, but it's definitely to one address the fact are we are we acts doing well are we mm-hmm. driven in community mm-hmm. are we living and breaking bread daily together are we are we growing together in a in a covenantal family style where we have covenanted together as a church body and we're growing because if you're doing mm-hmm. acts two you already have a, a system where you're going to be able to communicate maybe you can then communicate thoughts like this but but the first thing is to say wait are we even living together are we even sharpening one another as as the church is called to if we're not doing that if we're just gathering on on one day of the week you know to you know what take communion or just to say hi to hank because i haven't seen him in six days that's not the church that's not right. church right that's a that's a club. That's just a club. You can be you can have any sort of affiliation you want. You can do that. You can do that at the gym. I mean, I see people at the gym, the same people, you know, every day. I say hi to them. I know things about their lives, and I see them, and, and that that's how I I start my day. But that's not church. Right. It's <laughs> <That's> not. <laughs> well, that might this might be a good segue into what a church actually should function as. Yeah. Okay. And and um, this is this is like ecclesiology one hundred one b. All right. Um, uh, this this kind of discussion gets us away from the structure and more into the function yeah and that function is going to be in what we we at miss your day call a covenant community uh, a community of believers who have um covenanted with each other to be christ to one another to function as one to do those things that we see the scripture calling now what what things what what things might that be you ask pops the old cantankerous guy pops what things might that be well i'm glad you asked that son (laughs) (laughs) so here's what i here's what i would want you to do i would want you to look at a little greek word it's called alilon okay um and this little Greek word actually is translated in your scriptures, whether it's the new North American Special Bible or whatever version you might have, and you'll see the word one another. Um, I call it the one anothering verses of the Bible. When you look, the, when you look this Greek word up, alleluia, you're going to see it's tied to some very famous New Testament writers, such as John, Paul, and here alone sounds like all alone yeah. it does sound <laughs> like all alone but it's not all alone it's alone okay and and actually what it means it means of each other uh, okay so there's there's a possessive nature to this little phrase okay and what you're going to find if you studied this and looked it up and over 30 times in the new testament you're going to find this word one another of each other and you're going to find it embedded in imperative statements. Like um, commands? Com- commands? Is that what imperative means? Like do this Oh, thing? yes. Like yes. Mm. Okay. And some okay. of them are going to be a little goofy. Like greet, greet your brother with a holy, greet one another with a holy kiss. Oh, okay. I don't know about that one, but you're going to also find some really, really think, really hard but like things. during COVID. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, no, no, are you crazy? Um, Justin so, Trudeau is rolling over in his grave someday. <laughs> oh, <yeah. clears throat> 
not soon enough. What? No, 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 John. You didn't do that. Oh, he did. Uh, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to see that, that this little phase, all alone, is attached to some really, really hard words. One, one might be, um, how about this one? Confess to one another. Ooh. Do we do that in church? Heavens and Oh, gosh, we wouldn't. We wouldn't tell anybody else our sins at church. That's crazy. Why would the church be a place where we could confess to one another? Do you know it, it takes like two hours oh. to, to get my family in a presentable state? I'm not going to tell people oh what's goodness. happened. No, I, wow. I brought them there to look good so that we didn't have to have this awkward conversation about how how I'm failing and yeah. bleeding my family. I didn't. I don't want to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. <laughs> how about how about how about uh, how about another one? Um, how about, um, oh gosh, there's so many of them. Uh, how about this one? Bear one another's burdens. Uh, that's a, what, that, that what does that mean? so messy. What does that mean? That means you got a rock, a problem the size of a boulder on your shoulders, and I come and I help you with it, right? But no, what we, what we in, the, in the church think is bear one another burdens. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bear with you while you tell me your burden. I thought, and I th- that's about the size of it, right? I think, bear, I think that means we stone the other person. No, no we maybe, stone them. yeah, yes. yeah. Instead of carrying their stone, carrying, stone yeah, carrying their big boulder on the, the shirt, stone. and we just pat them on the back and say, "I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm gonna pray for you." Here, no, take mine not, too. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not what it is. Oh my goodness! So you kind of can see that. Um, so if we, if if just to juxtapose the functioning of a church versus the structure, okay? If we have, um, if we have a a sense of hired holiness. Uh, I've often said the most dangerous steps a church can take are the steps that lead to the pulpit. Because as soon as somebody's behind the pulpit, it gives them instant authority. And if they have the authority, that means I don't have to have the authority. Okay? And I can then I can then kind of shed my responsibilities to live the Christian life to the one that we're paying to do that. He's governing the church anyway. He's steering it. In, in this direction, so I don't really have to worry about much other than to come and maybe do some things. So, um, you know, this this is t- this these one another's are are not given to the elders of a church. They're not given to the deacons of their church. They're given to believers of churches. Okay, uh, and if you don't believe me, study the word alone, one another. And you're going to find that it's in books like Romans. Romans 12 is rife with one another's. Well, Paul wrote that to the church at Rome. Wait a minute. To the Oh, wait, he must have wrote it to the pastors of the church at Rome. Right. It was just the, the, uh, yeah. the elite, the elite the leaders. Elite. Right. And then they were supposed to do something. No, 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 no. And, you know, and Paul in Ephesians and Paul and Peter. No. These were to the believers. Their audience was not the elders of churches or the leaders of churches, but the believers in churches. We are all, all bear the same responsibility to do these one another's. Um, spur one another on to good works. All right. There's some positive things in there. Okay. Uh, it, it, the list goes on to love one another, you know, pray for one another. All of those things are in there, but there's some real nitty gritty tough things that we don't do. Now, this is what I'm going to posit to you. Okay. Okay, here comes the positing. Okay. If your church started to do the one another's 
of the scriptures. Okay. Okay. What that's going to do is it's going to change the environment of your congregation so that you are not a consumer-driven congregation, but you are a true extension of the church of God in your local church. Okay, It's going to change the dynamic, and it starts with you. If your pastor is a legalistic pastor, if your if your deacon board is just a rubber stamp kind of thing, if you're if you, if you don't have the right church structure as the scriptures say, okay, it still comes down to you to do the imperatives to one another, each other. You are of each other, and that ties in with Paul's writing in Romans twelve and First Corinthians twelve that we are a body. You know, drop a cinder cinder block on your foot. Do you say, ah, look, foot, hey, look what happened to you, do, or sounds, is it, or does painful. it affect your whole body? And your whole body has to compensate. When we study through our, 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 when we study through this in our men's group, I actually take the the section on covenant community, and I and I, and I actually emphasize um, that the fact that we are given spiritual gifts to use in the body of Christ, in the body. And when you're not at church, well, your do, gift do you, is not at church. So you, you just, are you were you were hurting the body, and the body has to compensate. Well, I haven't gotten through. There was like 300 questions on that questionnaire in order to figure yeah. out which one, which my spiritual gift I have. So oh, you don't right? Okay. There was there's, there was like 30, 32 oh. different spiritual gifts I could have, and they were going to tell me which one it was. I don't remember that part. No, no, I don't think oh, so. Man, I think I, I think, don't think so. I think we're doing it wrong. Well, I don't know. <laughs> and the other thing we talk about in the men in, in, when we were when we're going through this with our men um, in our church now is the uh, is the one is the list of one another's and we hammered that pretty hard okay we looked at the list and I had listed down 30 verses with with you know with the one another's and and, and it was really admonish one another you know uh, the list goes on and on which ones are we good at and some of them we were good at you know as individuals I can spur someone on to good works, right? Yeah, go get them. You can do it. Fellowship with one another. Oh, what? Well, we can fellowship. Hey, come on over. Have a beer. All right. You're not in alcohol. Have some water. I mean, just come on over. We'll have fun. All right. I'll cook, throw another shrimp on the barbie. Okay, we can fellowship, right? Yeah. But don't start confessing your sins to me, buddy. All right. Yeah, I We're just here for a good time, right? I don't have a theological uh, question. Listen. Uh, no, uh, you, but you understand that if you did the one another's, you would change the fabric of your church, and you, and your pastors would actually have to do some things differently. <laughs> they actually would have to understand that they have a congregation that is living out the imperatives of what they are. The, the one another's actually become a pillar of what the church is, and not just like a sermon on one of the one another's now and then. That sounds really good, and I get convicted over. It actually holds up the church because it gives a sense of community. You don't confess your sins to a stranger. You have to know each other. Right. And we're commanded to conf- confess our sins to one another, okay? To yep. love one another. To, to spread one another. I, the list goes on and on. I think there's something else there, too, because what it will do is immediately release a, release a burden from your pastor to right. what the church structure is. Yeah. Particularly, particularly if you have a single elder-led church, it will release the burden that they have uh, of that they're not supposed to have of the the maturity of all the believers in the church. 
uh, that that is dependent simply upon them and what they do. Uh, because when you are sharpening each other uh, in the one another's, you're mm-hmm. you're you're immediately showing one that you want to conform to the scripture, and two that you're taking responsibility for what the Bible has called you to take responsibility for, which is not something that is that the elder is responsible for. <laughs> right, <laughs> and that can be right. very. That's one of the I think crushing burdens, particularly of a, of of many of the single elder led churches that have then have deacon board structures. It can be. Uh, a very crushing burden um, for that person, and and sometimes you know there, there's people that can be narcissistic enough to think that that is a burden they can handle or want, uh, but most of the time these you know you have a person that wants to shepherd the flock well, and they feel that the entire weight of shepherding the flock is on them, and when the flock is just looking for a country club to mm-hmm. hang out in on right. Sunday mornings, uh, that burden of trying to help them mature is daunting. Correct. Well, I have a lot to say on this. You can t- you can see this little cantankerous man. This might man, be part one. You know? because I got to tell you what. If we keep Woo. going, we're going to lose some people. We're at, we're at that that critical mass of, yeah. of a podcast episode where people are like, I can't listen anymore. Of this. I might need to do another Star Wars reference or something, <laughs> something like that. I got to switch up. Did, have Python. you ever heard my Job of the Hood impression? Oh gosh, no. Is it good? <laughs> you know your your your, your youngest <laughs> son is much better at Job of the Hood. Yeah, he is. He 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 must have got that gene from his mom. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did oh, I just no. say? You're so in trouble. Oh, I can't gosh. wait to see here. She'll this. never listen this far into a podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. She does, and you're done. Oh boy, you're toast. No oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, um, I hope you have plenty to chew on, uh, uh, dear listener. Um, and uh, man, uh, do pray for Jesse as uh, as he is. Yeah. He, is, he is definitely tired. Um, and uh, that he can get through and, and get to his uh, his new job, same field, different hospital, mm-hmm. uh, slightly different different role. So uh, we're excited for excited for yeah. that for him and the family. Yep. Uh, hopefully, will be a good move. Um, but but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, when pops fills in, oh I mean, boy, sh- yeah, pray pray that he gets back here soon. No. You do not <laughs> no. want me here again, droning no. on and on. And we on. landed the plane and man. on. And on. We landed the plane. I told I told everybody I didn't have a co-pilot. Yeah. And you stepped into the chair, and man, this plane just yeah. glided onto the runway. You know what we didn't mention tonight? What didn't we mention? Fainting goat. Oh, no. You know what? No, I've listened to enough podcasts to know that there's going to be some, some, some chatter about fainting goats. Well, I, we didn't actually have any fainting goat issues. Oh, okay. Because yes. I work on a farm now that has fainting goats. Yeah. <laughs> You work on a farm with fainting goats? Well, yes, yes. They have all. I, I, I Do you have, scare I them? have the dreams. No, 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 no. no. It is a very quiet thing. farm. Oh. The, the loudest thing is the peacocks. Yes, we have they peacocks. They make a horrible sound. And emus. <coughs> oh, that's pretty good, Jess. Oh, yeah, I know. That, Justin, I've, that was awesome. I've, Can you I've do job with the. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jesse. No, sorry. I, I do Kermit the Frog. Hey ho. Hey ho. Kermit yes, the Frog here. Yes. Which ironically sounds like Jordan Peterson. So. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. It's a double I did not know that Kermit the Frog was identity. Canadian, but he is indeed Canadian, <laughs> and you cannot compel That's Kermit. That's right, he is. Kermit will not say That's what right. you want him to say just because you tell him that he must say it. Wow. <laughs> Tis a season to be <laughs> and joyous. Anyway, okay. um, 
Well, look, so, at this point, yeah. we've already had this oh, podcast. Boy, we we've got, got way off. We got oh, way off. Oh, man. Uh, dear listener, we hope that you have been encouraged through the word today mm-hmm. to, to get into your church and to be actively engaged in one anothering uh, and loving your, your pastor, loving your deacons, yep. loving your brothers and sisters in Christ well, seeking out your spiritual gifts that you may use them for the sake of the body of Christ, indeed the bride of Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. With yep. that... We hope you this day will seize the faith. faith.